Now, Callum, this one here is for the mums out there, the mums yep. and dads, the parents that are so tired that they're doing some crazy crap. Hey, I mean, it's so interesting. When you meet a new parent, I feel like they talk about that period, the non-grace mm. period, where it's a good 10 months or so of just torture. Yeah. You know, getting up in the middle of the night, having to do all the feeding and yes. stuff like that. And it's, you know, around the eight-month eight mark, I've heard that. It gets a little bit better. <laughs> I love that. Not I've amazing, <laughs> but a little bit better. Yeah. Well, my beautiful friend recently had a little baby boy. And for the first six, seven weeks, it was like he wanted to get put back in. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just like... Yeah, crawl back up the umbilical cord, abseil upwards. Yes, he had the most angry look on his face at all times. Like there was no reprise for him. Just pissed off to be here. Yes. Why is it so bright? Literally is how he looked in every photo. So my friend has had a bit of a rough trot in the transition of becoming a mum. Um, But the other night I got a Snapchat from her and I honestly, I felt bad, but I could not stop laughing because it was a text from her and it said, I'm bawling my eyes out. By the way, before I get into this, sorry, I need to make sure you're aware that this baby boy is fine. He's absolutely fine. So it's not like the omen devil child no, no, you know, no, causing like, havoc. No, I just mean that the baby isn't harmed or right, injured or anything. Cool. He's fine. Um, but my friend basically messaged me. She says, oh, my God, I'm crying so much because my partner put the baby to bed yeah. instead of me tonight and he's put the baby in the bassinet the other way to what I usually do. Yeah, so I'm sure. saying like in her words, obviously. Well, I feel like you go in a pattern of, you know, how you put the kid to bed yes. all the time. So the baby's on the opposite side of the bassinet anyway. Yeah. Her partner, she goes in to get the baby during the night. Mm. It's all dark. She is tired. She, Her eyes are barely open. She picks up the baby to comfort him out of the out of the bassinet. She's holding him. He stops crying, which is great. She's yeah. going great. Then she realises... She's holding the baby upside down. (laughs) Upside down. Just dangling him there. What a rude awakening. You know, to one, be pissed off that you're brought into this earth and, like I said, how bright it is, then to be put on a premature roller coaster. I just love the idea of his toes up by her face and she's comforting him like, ooh, beautiful baby. Yeah, that was pretty full on. The next day, the baby, the way he was looking at her was in absolute disgust and mistrust. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) I remember everything of last night. My blood is still at the top of my head. How dare you, yeah, Mum? That's terrible. Over to you, Fresh Fam. I know the parents out there would have absolutely so many examples of this. Hey, if you're a baby out there with the verbal capabilities, did your par- <laughs> did your parent chuck you upside down last night? <laughs> I just picture her like shaking him like he's a money tin, trying to get a few coins out. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but we do have a text here that comes in. Um, you know, speaking about being sleep dep- deprived, mm-hmm. saying I'm not a parent, but I've been seeing this girl for only a week. Apparently I was so out of it, she caught me in the middle of the night weeing in her shoe. I don't even remember. Just mumbled, it's chill, and went back to bed. Yuck. I wonder how the relationship is going. I have a feeling that things aren't going to flash for those two. Now we do have a call here. We've got Ange from Paraka. Good morning, Ange. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) Very good, Ange. What did the sleep deprivation make you do? So um, it's a bit of an embarrassing story, but um, my baby was going through regression and I had had a really rough week. And one night I was feeding the baby and then I got up to check on the baby in the bassinet and then panicked because the baby wasn't in the bassinet. 
and then realised I was holding the baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you'd already done the duty. You'd already, you'd already attended. So in that moment of panic, did you think, oh, gosh, where, have I, where is this baby? Were you, was it all panic, all, all steam ahead? Oh, it was complete panic. I was going out of my mind thinking, where could this baby be? <laughs> God, it's just and... like a more extreme version of when you're like, hey, where's my phone? Where's my wallet? Oh, it's in my hand. <laughs> it's my <definitely>, bad. <laughs> Callum, it's definitely a more extreme, extreme version. Yeah. <laughs> you're listening to Davo, Tom and Callum, the podcast. Davo, we have spoken before in the show about these relationships with uh, people at workplaces that, you know, it's a business transaction mm. sometimes. You know, it's a transaction between customer and the person who works there, that mm. you don't really exceed that or go beyond that limit. No, you don't want to necessarily cross the line because sometimes when you cross the line, there's no going back. And mm. I've spoken about how I used to work at Flight Centre and I had a client that I really enjoyed. He was lovely. We got along really well. And you macked on with him. No, I didn't mack on with him, but I greeted him with a kiss on the cheek once and I've never been more mortified in which, my life. Which is bizarre, <laughs> isn't it? To kiss a customer at Flight Centre. Like I'm sure it breaches a few things. Like imagine being a Worth, they're yeah. scanning your items and kissing you on the cheek over the counter. For it's sure. an absolute, like, it's disgraceful. I mean, no one wants to be friends with their GP or anything <laughs> after what they've seen, what they've seen downstairs. And, you know, there's all these different scenarios of you don't want to breach that transactional process. Can I just say, our GP, our family GP, for many years lived three doors down from us. Really? It was very close, you yeah. know? <laughs> He was bringing lasagna over every Monday night. You're having a roast every Sunday. Yeah. But there's been a new one that's come to fruition in that the convenience store around where we work, mm. um, around the corner, beautiful people that work there. Oh, lovely. Great people. But there is, uh, there is one dude that has seemed to have breached the transactional relationship. Now, I'd be so careful, Callum. You know he listens and you also have shares in this convenience I store do. because you buy $5 bottles of um, sparkling water every single day. I do. So <laughs> I don't want to be banned from there. and I'm not um, talking any smack, obviously, very lovely man. But it was a funny thing in that my mum dropped me off the other day yeah. and she's sitting in the car. And I've gone into Fresh, and man from the convenience store has apparently come out to the car across the road. Okay, so you had left the car. I was not in the car. Your mum, Deb, was in yeah, the car. Yeah, just on her phone, getting ready to gear off and leave. Yep. And man from the convenience store taps on the window. <laughs> and my mum winds down the window, and she's like, hello. And he's like, oh, hi, you're uh, Callum's mum. Because <laughs> he's seen me through the window leave the car. <laughs> And exit. He's like, you're Callum's mum. And she's like, yes. And he's like, he's a lovely boy. <laughs> nice to meet you. And has a full-on chat at the front of the convenience shop. And then when I go in later, he says, hey, I met your mum the other day. Wow. Very nice lady. He's Man's me- my dad. He's meeting, he's meeting the fam. He's making, you wait till you get home and he's um, parked up at your front door. <laughs> yeah, he's waiting for dinner. Really ingrain himself in the fam. Petting your cat. Yeah, photoshopped himself in all the family pictures. <laughs> Oh podcast my podcast. Oh podcast, podcast my podcast. Oh podcast, podcast my podcast. So it can be a hard thing to, you know, have kids mm-hmm. and you know going to fertility clinics is such a thing, you know. Yeah, well, at the moment, people are waiting later to have kids, so mm. a lot of fertility issues come with that because yeah. of the older biological clock, which is a real – something I could talk about for a long time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but for sure, and, you know, these clinics exist, you know, and people 
it's it's interesting the links people will go to you know have kids and yeah. like you know go through that process and a bunch of parents have realized there's a bit of a connection to this one bloke here in Australia who's been I don't know why he's been doing it in particular himself, but mm. he's been lending his sperm pretty willy-nilly. Willy-nilly? So, willy-nilly. <laughs> so a bunch an interesting of, name for a it. A bunch of people at a support group have realised, you know, they've got all their kids there and everything, and they've realised that, geez, all these kids look a little bit similar, and they've backtracked it to this one bloke who has spawned about 60 kids through one... Going to clinics, four different sperm clinics, um, unauthorized sort of uh, with different aliases. So going as different names because, of course, isn't the rule, Dave? You can only go as sort of one. Well, yeah, yeah. you can't because they don't. They want to avoid this happening. Yeah, then, for of sure. course, like you don't want to end up in a relationship with your sister later on. You know 100%. what I mean? It's not so it. man's Paul to McLovin <laughs> coming with a fake ID, assumingly, and uh, has gone into four different clinics, donated his sperm. Not only that, but he's done some informal dodgy deals. I didn't realize how insane it gets. People. People donate their sperm in car parks through the car window, mm. just a fresh, fresh batch through the window. And he's been paid in all these weird commodities like holidays or, you know, just like money in a briefcase and stuff like that. Well, so that's it is so dodgy because in Australia you can't, you know, sort of get payment for any sort of human tissue. So you can actually end up in jail for up to 15 years if yeah. you do that. So, so he's just been going to Bali on... On his um, on his old fella, really, isn't he? he like, should probably stay over there unless he wants to get arrested. Because, literally, yeah, he's got 15, 15 years jail, potentially a bounty on his head for doing all this. And it's so weird when you read into it. There's more and more Facebook groups that are doing mm. the dodgy deals, and you know he's going a part of it as well. Well, it's so expensive to adopt or go through those mm. IVF clinics. Like this is a really, I guess, um, affordable way to do it. But at what cost? I mean, this is for the LGBTQI community they those groups are where this yeah. really goes off because obviously same-sex couple don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to pay for it mm. but old mates here ready to give you a sample well, in the that's car park what i don't understand like i can see why people would want the kids if yeah. they're struggling why does he want to reproduce the earth? Yeah, I with don't know. Sixty kids. It's what so... what divine plan is he going for? Yeah, you say that divine plan. I'm concerned that we'll be hearing about him on the news yeah. in another fifteen <laughs> years. You're gonna need a bigger podcast. Davo, Tom, and Callum, the podcast. There's been a really weird procedure, Davo, at the Hitachi Zoo in Japan. Oh god! And this has come off the bat that. We're talking weird costumes because they have a simulation there where, you know, in an earthquake situation because they're, you know, by the tectonic plates, it's, you know, likely that they could have an earthquake, you know, fences could break down, animals can escape. They have a simulation to react and, you know, what they would do if one of their bears were to escape. Yeah. As well as they've done lions and zebras before. So when you say simulation, are you thinking, are they actually letting a bear, like a, a docile bear out in the wild to see what would happen? or no. So that's what you think. Okay. They've put one of the workers in a bear suit. <laughs> I'm not joking. They've put one of the workers in a bear suit, let him out and say, hey, you can get a head start. 
run as fast as you can away from the zoo, and then they all chase that man down. Oh, my God. I don't know what tier this guy is working in, in the hierarchy at the zoo, where you get cornered and subjected to being in the bear suit and having to sweat around and run while they chase you with tranquilizer darts, but it's a pretty awful situation to be in. Imagine studying for years to only go and they say, right, you're in the bear yeah, suit. Yeah, he's running away. He's like, I'm a zoologist. Christ, yeah. like, he has a master's. Sometimes when you do get a job and they do get you to do these costumes. I mean, the other week, Callum, you were dressed as a peanut. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like um, sometimes you can feel you, no, you've we, got a job and you get a little bit degraded by the costumes you have to wear. For sure. We did the peanut costume for a video and, you know, for a sponsor. And, yeah, we had to go to the Adelaide United game and I had to put on that peanut suit in front of this crowd, well, standing up in front of everyone as well, well in front of these people behind me who I thought they were going to abuse me because I was dressed up as a massive peanut. Well, well, sure as hell, Tom was not going to do that. He refused. He was, he was so embarrassed to be even near us yeah, for at sure. that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, embarrassing costumes. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I did dancing for many years, obviously. Mm. <laughs> she's a dancer. Yeah. Um, she's a mover and shaker. And I was always cast as the boy in the group because I was taller yeah, okay. than the other kids. See, that's pretty old school. I don't think that would happen as much <laughs> no. now, you know, to make a kid feel like that. A bit of childhood there's, trauma. There's also, what did um producer Alex, who, you know, we call him Red Sheeran because, you know, he has the red hair, he looks like Ed Sheeran, mm. um, his English, he got the leprechaun costume for something a bit earlier yeah, in the year. It was given to him two sizes too small. <laughs> it was as snug as leprechaun costume and he was clicking his heels. Oh God, what a sight to be that seen. That sucked. Imagine, <laughs> imagine like he'd been here volunteering or something at that time and, you know, he's obviously going to say yes to everything and then they say, hey, you're the only ginger in this place. Do you mind putting the small ass leprechaun <laughs> suit on? Got a bunch of texts in from the Fresh fam here. So first one we've got it says, my mate was an accountant at Cheapest Chips and they made him model the costumes and clothes for the catalogue. Wow. Yeah, okay. We've got another one here. Cheapest Chips probably is one of those shops that you don't necessarily want to be in the catalogue well, get. Well, it's always like you get the gag. It's like, where do you come from? Cheapest Chips. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> or the reject shop. So to be a spokesperson and the model for them, you know. We've got another one here. I dressed as Dora the Explorer, but I wasn't as cute as Dora. It was a big fat costume with a huge head <laughs> and it was a stinking hot day on 45 degrees to entertain all the kids. Yeah, and that's uh, that would be quite that's the a like a mascot vibe. Being a mascot would be really hard. This one here says, I dressed up as Gerald from Hey Arnold in 2015. I'm so ashamed. Oh. That's um, Hey Arnold's best friend on that. We, I don't need to go into that <laughs> further. Uh, and we got another one. My friends and I went to a costume party where we were supposed to dress up as each other and my friend absolutely missed the mark and came as a naked old lady with the saggy boobs and all. <laughs> Nothing was left to the imagination. <laughs> What I would like to know, is, is this friend a woman and did she just come naked? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, just forgot the memo. It's or, not even, yeah, just forgot the costume completely. Thought I thought it was some sort of, yeah. um, <laughs> some sort of key in the bowl party. Ah, <laughs> oh, Davo, Tom and Callum podcast. Ah, oh, Davo, Tom and Callum podcast. I'll have what she's having. Now, Callum. Yeah. You recently signed back up to Tinder. I did. Last night. Yeah, you've been trying to get a profile picture for a little while, mm. haven't you? Yeah, so I have come to you a few times as a recently to uh, get in the profile pictures yeah. and get an assortment bank of great pictures I can use. And finally, I have some adequate pictures. Mm. Not well, great. You- 
but they're adequate, so I did sign up last night. Are these the ones you made your mate take of you at the beach? One of them is the beach one, yeah. And it is, it is the cover one. It is the main hitter of the Tinder pictures, the yeah. beach one, yeah. I know yesterday when we were going for breakfast, there was a beautiful white wall when I said, do you want a photo? And my gosh, you gave it heaps, didn't you? I went for it, yeah. I did the whole rest of my back on the wall, arms mm. crossed, bad boy. Needed a leather jacket, but just didn't have one inside. Yeah, that's a real shame, but I, um, I told you to pose a thousand times and I videoed you. I hated that, yeah. I love doing that. because <laughs> I didn't realise really you were earnest. videoing. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But I've got some tips for you, Callum, because I'm not on Tinder um, because, you know, I don't need it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the laugh says it all. <laughs> but, okay, so I've got your top five Tinder terms yeah. to help you get a match. So these terms, are these the actual hobbies and stuff? Because when you set up a Tinder account, you hit a bunch of different hobbies. You might say, like, cycling yes. or going for walks and things like that. These are the hobbies. Yeah, what do yours say? So mine I did last night, mm. Metaverse, oh. Tarot, <laughs> Shisha, <laughs> Rave, and grime. <laughs> Who are you trying to think? Mixed batch. <laughs> Who are you thinking you are, Callum? Absolute mixed batch. So I'm going to hit the nail on the head with a few different categories of girls, I reckon. I always find it very funny when I see how you like to be perceived by <laughs> other people because sometimes you're... A shisha-smoking metaverse enthusiast <laughs> yeah. who loves going to raves. Mate, add some crypto <laughs> on that and you've got a whole new personality. Um, but, okay, so the top five words or hobbies that men should have on their dating profile that will help them get a swipe right. Mm. So number five is coffee. Women love coffee. Men, if you want to chuck that on your profile, women will flock. Uh, number four, wine. Wine's wine. another one. I guess, yeah, I can see wine being a sort of classier kind mm. of look in terms of alcohol. If you just put beer or partying, it could be a little bit unappealing. Yeah, number three is dog. Just dog. Yeah. <laughs> Saying you're the dog or... No, no, like little doggies. Yeah, okay. Whereas you're a cat man, so it might not be... Uh, I mean, you don't have cats on your profile anyway, but... There is an um, option for cats I can put on there. Number two, a lot of women have wanderlust, so a bit of travel. Right. Uh, and number one is a non-smoker. Non-smoker. Mm, so shisha might not Sheesh be your best out way the window. to go. Damn it! All right. So for women, uh, the top five words should be on their profile. Number five, carnivore. What? Carnivore. What? Just pure meat eater. Yeah, meat that's what eater. guys find attractive well, in girls. That's what I, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and then number four. Gym rat. Gym rat. Oh, you want to... Is gym rat even an option? Why well, is, you want... Surely not called gym rat. I think that's a good one. You know, you want a lady with a tidy rig, don't you? Something advertising <laughs> about being called a rat, though. <laughs> Number three, pubs. Pubs, yeah. Right? Oh, I can it. agree, yeah. Yeah. Number two, sports. Nice. And number one, beer. Beer. I'm wow. not going to lie. According to this, I could be the ideal woman. Hey, this is how we do it. This is how we manufacture ourselves. <laughs> Fake branding. So, yeah, if you're looking to get lucky this weekend, there's your top tips from Tinder. You're listening to Dave o, Tom and Callum, the podcast.